Americana Magazine News presents. This podcast is about what Boyd Rutherford said. And Boyd Rutherford is on the same page that I am on. This goes back to uh, one of the earlier podcasts that I did uh, in reference to the HBCUs versus the Maryland Higher Education Commission. And the statement that I made was that this is about integration. You know what this, this case is really about? Is the fact that they're saying they are segregated. That they are segregated because now, as the judge says, because they have the duplication of classes. So white students don't want to go to these schools, the historically black colleges and universities. She found that the other schools are integrated. You know, that the traditional white schools are integrated. So it's how do you get white students to go to these schools? If you resegregate, that means you're segregated again. And you have not integrated. And to me, this is the, the, the bottom line in this case. It's about integration. If you look at Fordyce, and, you know, we mentioned Fordyce, and Fordyce in Mississippi, what they found was Mississippi established both white schools and black schools to do the same thing, which in reality, it's de jure segregation. They, they said that, the court said that they did this intentionally, that this was intentionally done. So that's why Fordyce is so important. And what uh, Brian Frosch, Mike Miller, the governor and the Luke de- lieutenant governor were, what they were saying was, is that Maryland wasn't doing what Mississippi was doing in reference to setting up a school system, two systems, uh, and in fact, that being in violation of, of Brown, because Brown again was, remember, integration and Mississippi did everything with basically within its power as the court decided uh, to not to integrate so that's you know that's the bottom line so our officials here in Maryland they knew that the white higher education systems the University of Maryland was integrated and so they felt that because they were integrated that they weren't doing any harm to the HBCUs. So what the University of Maryland system, I guess, wanted to do was is to bring the four HBCUs in Maryland and bring them under the University of Maryland system. And literally what you would have is the University of Maryland Morgan University, the University of Maryland, Coppin University, the University of Maryland, Bowie University, and of course, the name has always been the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore. So by pulling these universities under the University of Maryland system, 
they just they would be uh, University of Maryland satellite campuses. And if they failed by not integrating, then they would, I guess, eliminate those that weren't profitable or or integrated, but it would would be within their power to do so. But of course, thanks to Dr. Richardson, so I guess more importantly is to understand that the the unique programs that originally were afforded to the HBCUs are essential for their their um, success and independence, or any other phrase that you can think of. That is, if you think that there is a um, need for HBCUs. We hope uh, Hogan will wake up because I sure didn't like. I heard the other day when uh, Boyd Rutherford was on live show, and I did not like the way he talked. Mm. Uh, I, we've gotten so many calls, and we we think it's let's, let's put it this way: only in fairness, uh, we're hoping to put out an op-ed piece next week. But we are asking all radio stations that did hear that to afford at least. Dr. Earl Richardson and David Burton, the lead plaintiffs in the case, to come and rebut some of the misinformation yes. that Lieutenant Governor Rutherford gave out. Uh, the main thing that we need to know is that 26 years ago, Mississippi awarded three schools $503 million. That's right. And you're saying here that 20 some years later, uh, and the, the violations were greater now than they were in the Mississippi case. And you're going to settle for $200 million, Lieutenant Governor? Mm. Uh, I, I think he ought to be ashamed of himself. Um, basically saying that if he looks at the two cases, this, we're talking about duplication of courses here. Yeah. We're talking about discrimination that the judge found the, the state of Maryland guilty of. Right. Welcome to the Africana Magazine News Podcast. I'm your host, Eugene Brown. you'll be able to create your own brand self I think the plaintiffs need to send an actual request to the other attorneys what they are doing now that and I have not asked our counsel if they did receive but the last time we spoke they had not sent an actual you know settlement offer of this 500 million dollars to the attorney general's office they had not sent it. They just sent a letter out saying that this is a letter to the Black Caucus and some other folks that we got a copy saying that this is, you know, that they would want to do this. So it's, there's an old saying in law that if you don't have the facts, <clears throat> you, you, pound on the, you pound on the law. If you don't have the law, you pound on the facts. If you don't have either one, you pound on the table. 
Right now they're pounding on the table and they're hoping that the Black Caucus and the media and, you know, out in public will settle this whole thing when they need to come to the table with something reasonable. They are acting and they are putting a sum on the table, well, not even on the table, but in the media that is equivalent to as if they had won the entire case. They lost seven of the eight counts that they went after, but they're acting as if they won all eight. If you look at the Fortis decision, the Fortis decision did not find basis on just the duplication of courses. So while, and then, again, going back to the facts, that's the law side of it. But you go back to the facts, the court found, the judge found, if they read the people who are coming down the rally should read her opinion, she found that the schools have not been underfunded over the last 30 years. Whoa. And if you look at the budget book now, look at the budget book this year that's in effect right now and the budget books in previous years, and you will see that Morgan and some of these other schools are being funded at greater levels in the general fund than their comparable schools or when you talk about per student size, <clears throat> you know, the amount of students. And I give the example all the time. I said it before. Morgan gets every year somewhere between 92 and $94 million in general fund funding compared to Salisbury, which has a 1,000 more students, get somewhere in the $60 million range in terms of funding. So that's, that goes back to the facts. So right now they are just pounding the table and they're jumping out there. If the plaintiffs really have a, a reasonable settlement, they should come to the table with it and not try to play it in the media with, you know, rallying up people, rallying people up who don't really understand what this is all about. You know what this, this case is really about? Is the fact that they're saying they are segregated. That they are segregated because now, as the judge says, because they have the duplication of classes. So white students don't want to go to these schools, the historically black colleges and universities. She found that the other schools are integrated. You know, that the traditional white schools are integrated. So it's how do you get white students to go to these schools? Now, they've never been denied, and the judge said they've never been denied, and uh, both Burnham and Thompson, Thompson was over at Cop and Burnham at the time was at um, Bowie, said they've never been denied getting additional courses that they want from Maryland Higher Education Commission. So... What I said to Dr. Wilson at one point, I said, you've got to decide what you want to be. Do you want to be a, a traditional black school or focused on black school, you know, historically black college or university, which is still open to everyone? All of these schools have always been open to anyone. Or do you want to, you know, be something different? So if you do, you're going to have to market differently or decide that you're going to be like a Brandeis, which is a, you know, a Jewish school, historically Jewish school, but it's open to everyone, or a Notre Dame or a Catholic university, you know, that are focused on religion and Catholic religion. You know, that's okay. And there is a role for these schools. I went to a historically black college, right? you know, the premier black college. I will say here in uh, Maryland, but it's not in Maryland. It's in D.C. But it is the real H.U. Huh? The real H.U. <laughs> no offense to our Hampton people. No, no, that Hampton Institute. 
So, all right. But that, I'm just saying that I think most people don't understand. The plaintiff's lawyers are rallying people based on a history of, you know, 130, the first 130 years or even 120 years, but they're not looking at the 30 years since. Look at those campuses. Look at Morgan. Morgan looks substantially different from when I was in school, let alone just in the last four years. The speaker urges the governor to settle the HBCU lawsuit. Um, you decided you're not waiting. You're just jumping right into the big issues of the day. Well, it's, it's, it's been going on for a long time. Um, and previously, I, my role, I had the education budget and the capital budget. And I just wanted a way to get it um, settled. So the offer that actually the um, caucus has of $577 million, um, and that would use the issue is let, to let people know it's, it's not in terms of the funding that the state has provided. The, the state has provided, you know, a record fund of both capital and, and operating. The issue was that uh, one issue in terms of the duplication of programs. So if you have duplication that are in the traditional white institutions with the HBCUs, uh, persons, for, for whatever reason, they may go, and it'll, it'll hurt the HBCUs. So this 577 will use develop new programming that is, and hire faculty, span each of the state scholarships that are at the HBCUs. And um, so the, I sent a letter to the governor, and he, his offer was originally was 100, and then went up to 200, so million. So that's, the, uh, that's where the standstill is now. Uh, my biggest fear, Madam Speaker, mm -hmm. is I'm so afraid that this issue will get in front of the Supreme Court. That's what that's what we were trying to get this settled. And I'm trying to get this settled. If not, it's going to be years and years and years and years. And not only for 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 us, right? But if the right. Supreme Court rules the way people are fearful it might rule, right? It affects historical colleges and universities all over the, all all over the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why it's just, it's so so important. I'm going to keep trying. Um, and the one thing that probably most of your listeners do not realize, Maryland is the only state, I know you know this, that the legislature cannot add to the operating budget. Maryland is the only state in the country that the legislature cannot add to the operating budget. The governor has the, has the most power in that ring of all the governors in this country. So that's why it's over reliant in terms of his, you know, be able to, to, to do. We have other ways to try to, but in these... Well, well those other ways, <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. He's still holding up some money from the budget that he signed off on yep. this past uh, session, right? Yes, yes, yes. There's some vetoes and everything else. So we'll, so we'll be dealing with some of those, um, which were vetoes uh, early part of the session. Uh, we did have the, uh, the the county exec uh, from your county with us, and he was saying as much as $127 million was due to your county. Yeah, yeah. And so um, when we start the first, January 8th, first day of session, um, 
uh, or the beginning part of the session, we will be dealing with the veto override. Do you anticipate that the the caucus? Let go another way. I'm hopeful the caucus is mindful of your agenda in dealing with this. Yes, they're aware the caucus is received a copy of my letter and what was sent to the governor, and um, they were, you know, very supportive. They had their retreat um, earlier um, this uh, last week, rather, and uh, I was there, and um, you know, so we're we're all on the same page. Yeah. But but the duplication was just one of them. It did not go to the substance. And, and the lieutenant governor and I have had this debate on the other radio station, another radio station, extensively. And I, I see that he went back and tried to mm -hmm. reassure his facts, but he still got them wrong. Yeah, well, well, so in other words, my opinion is it's gooby dust. He's throwing gooby dust up in the air. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a distraction. And, and, you know, and that's what we need to, I think, concentrate on, is that this is a distraction. Uh, he's... You know, he's trying to circle. He's talking about way. all of the financial Every, aids that have been yeah, given over to, the years. To the years to the yeah. HBCUs, which has nothing to do yeah. with the compensatory uh, right. uh, amounts that they are due right. because of past discrimination. Yeah, because, because Mary, what's her name? Mary, Mary Washington, uh, Joan Carter Conway, and um, uh, Cheryl Glenn. He attacked them initially when they. We're talking about the money that he in the in the letter, and I think you had privy you had privy to the letter, right? Mm -hmm. um, where he where he talked about uh, estimated that it was two billion dollars, and, and then he attacked he attacked them, and he said that uh, you know well look look at the benefits that you have gotten over the years, and mm. nobody ever denied that because initially when Shaw Shane Stevenson came out and what was, he said it was the uh, something the. Um, the, the wall of shame or something like that. And and then when th that that initially started, that was the argument and, and the distraction from, you know, it was from, from the beginning, is that it, just because we got money that that they put through the legislation was due us, that has nothing to do with the case and the money that was won in the case. Of, exactly. The, the duplication of programs. Mm -hmm. So you guys want to be clear. So, you know, God bless Doc. I hope a lot of people show up. And, uh, and I, 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 See, that's I, like calculating the federal monies that are being held up in Congress now and saying, well, look, you're getting this money. Yeah, that's right. nothing to do right. with what's nothing doing to do all. With it, right. mm. So anyway, so, uh, as long as we got that clear, and I think um, you know, people who heard us and they, they hope they'll begin to understand what's going on. The only other thing in reference to Kurt Smoke and the City University of Baltimore um, proposal that he's making, uh, I think Doc is right again on that because that's a perfect timing, isn't it, for him yes. to slide in and, yes. and try to put that program through while the HBCU issue is going on. You guys have a great week. Thank, Thank you. you. My podcast is now available on Anchor FM, Google Podcast, and Spotify. It is also available on Breaker and Radio Public.